This is Rama for Today Radio. If you believe what the Word says, then you must act upon it. Pray, then forget about it, and begin to conduct yourself as if the answer came the minute you pray. It takes more than prayer, friends. It takes believing prayer to get the job done. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan as he talks about right and wrong thinking. Now you see, when we believe God's Word and think in line with God's Word, believe God's Word and confess God's Word, it works for us. Then, for instance, when we declare that greater is he that's in us, or in you, than he that's in the world, and you know, First uh, John, the fourth chapter, the fourth verse said that, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's within us than any force around about us. When we believe that, when we think in line with that word, when we believe that word, when we confess that word, then we will rise above all satanic influence. Satan will not be able to dominate us. This is the battleground on which we fight and determine whether we succeed or fail. When we confess doubts and fears, we are denying the grace and the ability of God. As a believer, one should never deal or confess doubts or fears, for doubts and fears are of the devil. The New Testament says, you know, uh, in Second Timothy, I believe, 1, 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. You see, he has given us a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Praise God. We are God's family. We are his children. Faith, love, and power belong to us. Now, instead of confessing our doubts and fears, confess faith, love, and power. Confess what the Word says. And faith will grow stronger. When weaknesses are confessed, our diseases, our sickness, we are openly confessing that God's word is not true and that God has failed to make it good. But ask yourself the question, what does God say about sickness and disease? Well, he says, with his stripes you are healed. God's word said, surely... In Isaiah 53, 4, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. God's word said in Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. God's word said in 2 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now see, instead of confessing, that he bore my sicknesses and my disease, and that by his stripes I'm healed, oftentimes we confess that we still have them. And as long as we confess that we still have them, we will still have them. Now one writer says in his book on the subject of healing, your confession of disease and sickness is like signing for a package that the express company has brought. The devil has your receipt for it. You have accepted it. As we said, here's what happened. 
instead of confessing that he, Jesus, bore all sickness and disease and put them away, you are confessing that you still have them. Well, as long as you confess you have them, you'll have them. And you need to realize that. God led me, however, or ever so slowly. Uh, we, we respond to spiritual things, even though God is leading us. And I know I was slow. Now, that's not God's fault. That's mine. You know, one almost has to bypass the brain and operate from the inner man, the heart of the spirit, to really get things or get into the things of God. Now, I know in my own individual experience, I had two serious organic heart troubles. The doctor said that uh, uh, this could mean my death. I had a body that uh, wasted away and become partly paralyzed. They took blood from my finger to get a blood count. My blood was the color of a pale orange. One of the doctors told me the white carpuscles had eaten up the red ones until it was medically impossible to build them up. I could drink a glass of cold water uh, and uh, it, it would seem to spread out over the left side of my chest and eventually go to my stomach. And I asked one of the doctors, what, what does that mean? What causes that? Well, he said, you're undeveloped through your chest, son. He said, you're... Not only is your heart deformed, but he said in a normal person's chest, some tubes should be closed, some should be open. But in my chest, he said they were all open, that uh, they were a deformity. He said there was no operation that couldn't correct, in those days at least, this deformity. No medicine or anything else could help. Only God, said the doctor. Thus, I had no chance of ever getting well except through the mercy of God. Now, as I read, I tell folks very often, Grandma's old Methodist Bible, and I read and I call it Methodist Bible, though at this time Grandma belonged to another church, yet she often told me about being saved in an old-fashioned Methodist camp meeting back in Tennessee. Well, I found out as I read that word of God that God had something to say about my sickness and my disease. The word of God tells me by whose stripes ye were healed, First Peter 2.24. But there I was, still with the heart condition, and having these attacks all along. The lower part of my body partially paralyzed. I was bedfast for 15 and a half or 16 months. Well, don't you think for a minute that I did not pray and had not prayed because I, I prayed all night long one night and many nights practically all night long. I'd prayed hours and hours. And I'm not minimizing prayer. But friends, it takes more than prayer to get the job done. You say, what do you mean more than prayer? It takes believing prayer. You see, our trouble is that we do a great deal of praying without believing or acting on what we believe, and it does not accomplish anything. There's no place in the Bible where Jesus or anyone else said that just prayer would get the job done. Now, we need to know that, friends. But what did Jesus say? Well, he said, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Jesus said, what things serve you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Christians will say, I'll tell you, I really believe in prayer. Well, now, that doesn't mean a thing in the world. You can go to Tibet, and there you will see a religion that's older than Christianity. The priest sits there and turns a prayer wheel. The people pray constantly. One priest puts in several hours, and then another priest takes his place, and another, and so on. Now, he's turning the prayer wheel and praying to his God. Of course, he's really not praying to our God at all. He's praying, forgive us our sins for the things which we have done, we ought not to have done. And the things which we should have done, we've not done. Well, he's interceding for the people of his religion. Now, you, if you ask that priest if he believe in prayer, he would tell you there's no religion in the world that believes in prayer as much as he does. But his religion is not setting men free from bondage. It's not getting the job done. We can take our next example, the Muslims. 
There are literally millions of them who will at certain times each day turn their face towards Mecca, fall to the floor or to the ground, and pray to Mohammed. Yes, they believe in prayer. In Italy, there's a certain place in which people are throwing money to get someone to pray for them. Some are kissing the feet of saints while trying to get them to pray for them. One particular shrine has its toes worn off from people kissing it. Yes, they believe in prayer. Again, I want to say I am positively not saying that we should not pray. I'm saying that prayer is not all there is to it. If you believe what the Word says, then you must act upon it. Pray, then forget about it, and begin to conduct yourself as if the answer came the minute you pray. It takes more than prayer, friends. It takes believing prayer to get the job done. I remember this, that one minister, a number of years ago, a denominational minister, pastor of a large church in the state of California, went to a meeting where an evangelist was praying for the sick and holding a healing meeting, as they called it. Now this leader of this large church went to the meeting to gather material to preach against it, actually. See, some members of his congregation were claiming that they were healed. One man in his church who was crippled had gone to the meeting, and God had healed him and delivered him from habits. Well, this... Uh, minister was working one day in his rose garden. He heard someone coming down the sidewalk singing. It was this old Swede of his congregation walking as straight as anyone could walk. The man said, Hallelujah, the Lord's healed me. Well, this pastor said, Sure enough. Well, you certainly look all right. The old gentleman added, I'll tell you something else. He's filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I'm speaking in tongues. And I've got deliverance from habits that have bound me. Well, now the pastor said to himself, that poor old fellow's not too bright anyway. They've just misled him. However, so many kept going to this meeting and returning with good reports that, that this minister couldn't resist any longer. He decided he'd better take a first-hand view of this meeting and get his members back on the right track, as he said. He, he planned a sermon for the coming Sunday night, and uh, he called it Divine Healing Bubble Exploded. In other words, he was going to explode this and expose this divine healing preacher and minister. And uh, it, this ad was going to appear in the paper on uh, Saturday for his Sunday service. But during the first part of the week, the minister went to the town nearby where the meeting was in progress. And he planned to stay there for several services. Well, the first service he said he attended, well... He listened to the minister preach, and he thought, well, it's all right. I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, the next night he went to the service, and he, he saw a minister that he recognized and, and that he had known in another city where he pastored. And this minister said to him, come, go, go on the platform. And all the preachers both sat on the platform. Well, he didn't want to do that, but anyway, he reluctantly went with him. Now, he said that evangelist preached again. And he said, I never heard a better sermon preached in my life than the one that was preached that night. And then the evangelist asked that all who wanted to be saved to stand to the feet. And this pastor of, of this large denominational church stood to his feet. Well, this minister friend by his side uh, began to tug at his coattail and tell him to sit down, as he had apparently misunderstood the evangelist. Uh, the evangelist was calling for those who wanted to be saved. And uh, this minister said, no, I, I heard right. I just come to realize that I've never been saved. 
though he was educated, though he's pastored, and, and pastored for a number of years, preached a number of years. And that very night, he was saved and then filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, instead of exploding divine healing, he got exposed to God's Word, and it, uh, it made a difference in his life. And then not only that, but he went back to his church and exposed it. No, not exploded it, but exposed the truth to them and began to preach and pray for the sick in his own church. And many were healed. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. If you'd like to find more life-changing resources, then visit rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Right now, I want to tell you about this month's special offer. When you call or go online, you'll be able to purchase the Heart of God package. The book from Ken Hagen, Listen to Your Heart, Kenneth E. Hagen's DVD, Just Know God, and his slimline books, The Present Day Ministry of Jesus Christ and Right and Wrong Thinking. All these resources are $24.95. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. It's not too early to, to start, start planning, thinking yes. and planning about Winter Bible Seminar 2015. That's right. February the 15th. One of my favorite times. Yeah, February the 15th through the 20th, right here on, on the, the Rama campus. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, start planning right now. Make your plans. Yeah. You can go on, uh, online to rhema.org and yes. get all the information about mm-hmm. hotels and all sorts of stuff is there. Go and find out about it. Next week, Kenneth E. Hagan starts a new week of teaching entitled The Present Day Ministry of Jesus Christ. That's Monday on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.